Benjamin Franklin once said, In wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the back bar. This is Christopher Menning. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On The Bad Bar Podcast. It's Chris, your host, and I'm joined today by Charlie from Buenos Aires and Tres Monos. Just recently won the Mick Desire of Hospitality Award of 50 Best. Uh, big congratulations on that, man. Thanks for joining the show today. Uh, how's life? How's everything going? Hi, Chris. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's amazing. These past couple of weeks have been uh, hectic. Lots of, of work, uh, lots of messages, uh, interviews, everything. Uh, and it's been great, you know. I'm super excited to, to be in Singapore in a couple of weeks. Well, I'm going to see you now. I'm very excited as well. Uh, it's the first time World 50 Best has been in Asia, so it's pretty cool. We were just saying you're actually traveling from probably the furthest point in the world to get here. Uh, that's going to be quite exciting. When was the last time you were in Singapore? Have you ever been? Uh, no, actually, this will be my first time. I've never been in, in Southeast Asia before. Um, so, yeah, it's, it will take us like 33, 34 hours to get to, to Singapore, three flights. So it, it's going to be, uh, I hope it, it's going to be great. You know, uh, I'm super excited. First time in, in Asia and being in Singapore, seeing lots of friends, mm. uh, industry, hang out. We have a couple of events. Uh, going on as well so yeah I'm, I'm so excited cool man well look it's uh i feel sorry for all that traveling you have to do it, for me it's a lot easier it's a two-hour flight i think <laughs> so i'm just a hop over the coast but <laughs> yeah um obviously we're here to talk today about uh tres monos and uh, the award you just won um it's a really interesting bar man like I, i've been checking it out and seeing what's going on it's very sort of like punk neon lights kind of really like kind of grimy yeah but uh, i'm really interested to hear about sort of how this award came to be, what your style of hospitality is, uh, and a bit about some of the rituals you've put in place. But maybe we can start about the bar and how you got it all started, yeah. really. Yeah, well, uh, just a little bit of history. Um, we opened the bar four and a half years ago. We started with my partner, Seba Tienza, uh, five years ago. Um, we're both bartenders. He's a really um, popular um and experienced bartender here in, in Argentina. So back in the day, we were both ambassadors. I used to work for Monkey Shoulder in Latin America. Oh, cool. He used to work for Campari in Argentina. So, you know, as an ambassador, you hang out uh, with friends all the time. You go to the same events, uh, you have the same travels. So you, you spend a lot of time together. So we go uh, really close, became really good friends and started chatting about having a bar together, uh, building a team, you know. Um, so we opened Tres Monos, a small neighborhood bar in, uh, in Palermo, which is like Toho here. It's a trendy neighborhood in, in Buenos Aires with lots of restaurants and lots of, of cool things going on all year long. So we opened the bar there four and a half years ago. And, you know, back in the day, uh, 
all of the bars that open in Buenos Aires were speakeasies, you know, uh, either under the concept of the prohibition in North America or, you know, uh, a, a big investment, crazy concept like to go into the bar, you had to go through a helicopter or a prison or a subway, you know, like all these crazy things just to shock the, the guests. Uh, and we said we wanted to do the opposite, just a small neighborhood bar where you uh, could go in under any circumstance, no dress code, no password, no membership, whatever, just go in the bar, uh, sit at the bar, ask uh, the bartender for your favorite cocktail, listen to the music, have a, a chat with a bartender, with friends, whatever, and just enjoy the moment and hopefully come back a couple of times a week. That's what we want you to do. Uh, we wanted to bring the guest back into the spotlight again to be the most important thing in our bar. So since day one, hospitality for us was the most important thing uh, in the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so after all this uh, journey we've been through, uh, two years of pandemic, which was, uh, of course, really hard for us. Um, Having worn this recognition, uh, first bar in Argentina, first bar in South America yeah, to ever win it. Um, and hospitality being the basically the whole concept around our bar and the main focus of all of our decisions. It's just, it's crazy. It's, um, I, I got a little bit emotional, my partner as well, when, you know, when 50 Best told us, hey guys, you just won the Meters Out of Hospitality Award this year. Mm-hmm. Um, some tears uh, dropped from <laughs> our eyes and, and the team as well. They were super, uh, super happy and I think it's, it's great. It's the ultimate recognition we could win, you know, as a bar. Uh, being awarded with the, the, the award of hospitality uh, is just the best thing that can happen to you. Absolutely, man. Look, uh, once again, big congratulations. I think it's thoroughly deserved from what I've seen. Um, you know, I think it's interesting because, um, you know, we've seen a lot more coming out from South America, I think, and not just bars mm-hmm. and restaurants as well, especially with 50 yeah. Best promoting that sort of region. Um, tell us more about Buenos Aires and, and Argentina, because like I was saying to you before, I've never been that part of the world. One day, hopefully, I will. Um, but I'd love to hear about what, what's going on over there. What, what's exciting? Why is it such a, you know, that part of the world, why is it so good for the F&B right now? Well, I, I think uh, hospitality is deeply rooted in our culture. Mm. Um, I think it's not coincidence that uh, both in bars and restaurants, uh, Latin venues, businesses are getting this recognition. I think it's well deserved. Um, since we are little kids, you know, we are told about the importance of being a good host, of uh, welcoming uh, guests at your place, you know, uh, having them have a good time, uh, just taking care of them. And that's what we do, what replies into our businesses, you know. Um, Buenos Aires, it's a city of mainly immigrants from Europe, Italy, Spain, you know. So it's like a mix between a European culture, uh, mainly this from Italy and Spain, where food is important, where uh, aperitivo is important, where big families 
it's part of the culture. Uh, friends um, mixed with uh, Latin culture, you know, which is about uh, music, having fun, enjoying the moment. So I think that mixture is what um, brings Buenos Aires into light now and makes people wondering, hey, what's going on with this city? And we can see that every year, you know, Buenos Aires is, is growing in terms of, of uh, bars, restaurants, and also in terms of people coming from all around the world wanting to, to visit this city. Mm. Well, talking about people coming around the world, I know you've had a ton of really good guest shifts. You've had maybe Sammy over there, Monica Berg as well. Yeah. Um, so you're obviously, you know, yeah. you're pulling off some really great nights. Um, and you're currently right now ranked at number 27 in the World 50 Best, correct? Yeah. Good. Well, yeah. you know, I hope that continues to rise. But let, let's touch more into <laughs> the bar and, you know, hear more about the concept. It looks really cool. And like I said, it's sort of that really like neon colors and sort of a sort of punk sort of element, yeah. right? Where did that come from? Where was that inspiration? Yeah, well, um, it's part of our attitude, okay. basically. Um, when we decided to, to open a bar that went um, just on the opposite direction that everyone else went back in the day. So that's kind of a punk attitude, you know, all these uh, punk or grunge bands we can think about, Ramones, uh, Motley Crue, Nirvana, you know, all this movement um, back in their time, they said, hey, fuck everyone else, we're going to do what we want. And they didn't care about anything else. And that's also what we did, you know, like we're going to focus on uh, local ingredients, work with the small producers and focus on the guests. That was like our flag, you know, we didn't care what anyone else told us. Yeah. Um, people, friends told us, hey, a small bar for 30 people is not going to work. You need to make it bigger, you know, feed more people to make money. Otherwise, you're not going to, to make any money. It's not going to be good for you. Uh, but we said, hey, I don't care. We're going to do what we want, what we feel uh, it's right. Yeah. And that's part of our attitude, you know, and that's why the neon lights, the punk music, all the graffitis uh, on the walls, um, it's just uh, what we do. It's kind of weird because you wouldn't really ever put punk and hospitality together, but <laughs> obviously you've proved people wrong here, so that's great. But you said it's a small bar, right? So you obviously, I mean, I had a look as well from photos and videos, but you're quite a tiny venue. How, um, how many covers do you do normally? Yeah, well, now, um, luckily, after pandemic and, and after um, good work we've been doing, we could expand. So originally, Tres Monos um, was a place for 30, 35 people mm. between the bar and some on the tables. Then with the pandemic, we could open all the outside area, which took us to almost 70 people. Wow, it's double. And now, time. yeah, yeah. And now we got the place next door so now it's 140 Blimey. so it's the original venue yeah it's time for now yeah but still you know uh when you come to the bar it's uh, inside it's quite small still mm. but for us it's it's better because you know small bar has this um feeling that always is packed always is busy always is high energy fun and that's what we wanted so i mean let's talk about hospitality itself and the, and the core of that 
what are your you know what's your philosophy about good hospitality what what things do you really put in place for all your staff to make sure that hospitality has always been delivered really well well um we always teach uh our staff uh, we have people working with us since day one, so that been four, four and a half years uh, part of our team, Great. and now they are managers, so they know what our philosophy is about uh, because they've been through that journey with us, you know, opening on the first few months, then pandemic, uh, then opening next door, so they can relate to that and they can explain <clears throat> the new guys what Tres Monos is about. Um, for us, it's everything is about the guest having a great time, you know. Um, that can be um, explaining the entire menu uh, with every detail and every ingredient to a guest. Uh, to some others, is hey, let me bring you another drink if you didn't like this one. There's no problem about it. Uh, to some other, might be just giving them a tiny shot because they want to party. Uh, to another one, might be, hey, let me put let me put in this 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 tune you like this song. Um, of course, we have a protocol to to every guest that comes into the bar. It's a welcome um, aperitivo punch, a glass of water. We go through the menu with them because we use a lot of local ingredients. Some people may not know. So we explain the menu, then we make a recommendation. If they don't like that one, we can change the drink as many times as they want. <laughs> so mainly it's about the guests having a great time and wanting to come back, you know. So we, we try to read everyone that comes into the bar and make them feel at home. Mm -hmm. Like if they had a friend that makes good drinks and put some cool music and welcome them at their place, uh, that's the, the idea. Okay, got it, got it. And it's like, um, I mean, do you have any rituals of service, anything particular in service? I mean, you mentioned about sort of the welcome drink and a glass of water. Is there anything else in particular you think is yeah. so important for when a guest comes in? Yeah, well, that's like the basic protocol, you know, um, welcoming a uh, glass of water and aperitivo punch with the menu. Uh, that's not the basic, but then we have um, a series of our own handcrafted products like cider, liquors. So if some guests sit at the bar, you know, they're always more curious than maybe the, the rest of the people. So if they want to try like, hey, I read you have a cider, they can try our cider, they can try our liquors. And they can try, maybe if we have uh, um, some batch of cocktails that it's not on the menu because we... We did them before. We always have a little of that uh, on the fridge, on the bar, so the guests that come to the bar can try a little bit of uh, former drinks we no longer have on the menu. So that's our our uh, style of service, and we try to to surprise everyone, you know, in, in terms of what they want to to drink, what they expect. Um, our cultural program. It's basically taking popular classic drinks and turning them into something different, either to change the spirits, to incorporate local um, flavors that people might not know. So, for example, they get the menu and, and they read uh, Fakir Mojito, for, for instance, right. which is like a, a mojito, but with a local gene instead of rum as a base. 
And then we can incorporate some local flavors. We work with products from north to south of Argentina. Okay. So people you know they can expect kind of a mojito flavor. So they get the menu and say, hey, I know a mojito. I'm going to order this drink. And then they get a, a fresh uh, acid flavor, but with something completely different. Mm. So that's just an example of what we try to do with our cocktail uh, to impress our guests. Yeah, I'd like to go into this a bit more, like about the cocktail program. Uh, I know it's kind of focused on riffs on classics, but I, I'm more really yeah. interested about the sort of ingredients you use over there. I mean, I'd love to hear about some of the the ingredients that are local to you. You said about north and south, so there must be a bit of a difference. But yeah, can you tell us about some of them? Yeah, of course. Um, for example, from the very north of Argentina, almost on the limit with Bolivia. We work with Juani. Juani runs um, a collaborative with locals called BioConexion. Uh, we were there actually last year with Monica Berg and Alex Cartena cool. visiting local farmers, you know, and, and producers. There are some uh, really dry herbs like Rica Rica, Munia Munia, Arca Tola, which um, local communities have been using for hundreds of years. <clears throat> Basically, to make infusions, you know, they have like these medicinal uh, properties and they use them to make uh, teas or in local infusions called mate. Um, this, each herb has a different property and different flavor profile. Um, and a couple of years ago, this wasn't used in, in bars or restaurants, you know. So we started incorporating them um, and these give like a completely different profile to the drink. You will find flavors you never knew they existed. Mm. Um, and that's just an example of what we use from the north. Then from the south, um, we, we do our own cider in collaboration also with a, a family of uh, apple and, and pear cider producers nice. we use rhubarb in our cider maybe rhubarb it's uh, popular in other countries you know yeah i don't know like the uk, UK or sure. other markets mm -hmm. yeah but here in argentina it's not that known okay so using rhubarb in our cider was like you know hey what's this ingredient people don't know what rhubarb is so that was kind of, of new as well and then we we try to to travel to different provinces, uh, provinces from time to time, just to find new ingredients, or also talk to to local chefs. You know, mm. there it's also like a trend here in Buenos Aires of young chefs opening their own restaurants. Mm -hmm. So we talk to them and say, "Hey, what's this you're using in your dish?" Uh, and we share the contact of the supplier. You know, and we try different drinks. Mm. So we, we try to, to change all the time, always uh, using seasonal ingredients, but trying to look for new things. Okay, okay, sounds good. I mean, some of these ingredients I've never heard of before, so it's, it's yeah, very exciting. Yeah, no, because they, they only grow in north of Argentina right. and Bolivia, you know, uh, this rica rica, muña muña, mm. arca, tola. Okay. Uh, it's it's really difficult you try them unless you come to Argentina or Bolivia. So, I mean, you said about changing the menu seasonally. Um, how much R&D goes uh -huh. into this stuff? So, obviously, you have to visit the farms. You have to test the ingredients. I mean, do you, when you're changing seasonally, is it like sort of 
uh, you know, four times a year? Do you have a three-month lead time? What, what's the sort of process behind that? Yeah, we have our R&D um, department, mm -hmm. let's say, that they are in charge of developing new cocktails, new, new flavors, uh, liquors as well, and running all the pre-batches for the menu uh, all the time. Mm. That's uh, their job. The head of, of prep or the head of R&D is Candela. She's been working with us for four years. She was at the at the very beginning. She was a waitress, then a, a bartender, a barista, and now she's the head of R and D. That's great. And development, yeah. Um, and she's very creative and very curious. So looks all the time for new things. And Seba, my partner, uh, as well. He he's amazing. His head in terms of of creating and understanding flavors, it's unbelievable. I learn all the time uh, on on his uh, ideas, and you know we travel a lot as well. Mm. So I don't know when we go to to Colombia, we bring Tonka along with us. Uh, when we go to Mexico, we bring Oja Santa. Uh, just uh, a few examples of um, how we we like to to get to understand local uh, ingredients as well, and we bring them to develop new things. Uh, in our walk, in our bar. So when we find something new, uh, we we bring a small sample with us to the bar, and then uh, our R and D department just runs a few samples. Like for instance, uh, they do a liquor with this. They do a tincture, you know, super concentrate, and they do um, I don't know um, a maceration on gin. Uh, for example, mm. and then we try all these different things to see what goes better uh, with what ingredients, and then yeah, we we change the menu every three or four months. Okay, yeah, depending on the season. Like yeah, the uh, spring menu is coming next week, although spring uh, actually started uh, ten days ago, two weeks ago, right. but it's still cold in in Buenos Aires. So you know some products. They don't run exactly by calendar, but by weather. So if spring's not feeling warm still, so it's it's a little, little bit difficult. Yeah. Sorry, it's a little bit difficult to find some ingredients. So maybe you have to wait. But we we change it every three four months, always um, trying to include. Uh, the, the ingredients that look good in that season. Mm. Do you, can I ask, do you have like four seasons in, in Argentina? Because we, I'm in Thailand and yeah. uh, we have hot and yeah. hot, that's it. So it's, but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, so you have yeah, the I know. Uh, yeah, we're really lucky that in Argentina we have the full uh, four seasons. Cool. Uh, we have winter, spring, summer, and fall. Um, and also, it's a, Argentina is a really long country. Hmm. Uh, it's like four or five uh, thousand kilometers from south to north. Mm -hmm. So inside the country, you also have like all these different um, climates and and seasons within the season. You know, mm -hmm. so this bring you a whole um, picture of ingredients to to find. Yeah. But yeah, uh, luckily we have all the four seasons well uh, limited. Okay, okay. And I mean, I want to talk about the bar scene um, and maybe about, about food as well. So is the bar scene quite 
um, sort of centralized to Buenos Aires or is it spread out? I mean, what's sort of going on right now? You said before two years ago, no one was doing what you're doing. Is it getting better now? Are people following your direction? Yeah, yeah. Um, now there are some places that opened in the last couple of years, um, bartender own, you know, which was the path that we started with Tres Monos uh, back in the day, like, I don't know, eight, ten years ago. It was really, really odd to to see a bartender own their their venue, you know, like properly own, not have a 5% of the business, you know, right. and not being able to take, to make any decision. Uh, we fully own our bar and that direction we started uh, has been followed by by a few bartenders in the last year, which I think is great. So now in Buenos Aires, you have um, a really diverse bar scene with a small bars owned by bartenders, uh, followed by speakeasies, um, huge bars, you know, with two or three floors with um, uh, lots of money put in them. Um, and it's getting bigger and bigger. So we have uh, lots of bars and new proposals going on. Mm-hmm. And I think the rest of the country, uh, it's it, it's following this trend. You know, obviously it's um, gonna take some time because Argentina is a country where Buenos Aires is the main uh, focus and everything goes through Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. It's a really big city with uh, five, six million people living in here. Uh, and the rest of the cities are quite smaller. Right. So everything that happens in Buenos Aires, you know that eventually it's going to happen in the rest of these cities, but it's going to take some time. Mm. I'm just going to get some water, one second. Yeah, of course. One thing I wanted to ask as well is about the food sort of scene. So... What's the food culture like there? I mean, you mentioned before about Latin culture. Is that really translated into the food as well? I mean, what, you know, what's what's some classic Argentinian dishes that we should know about? Um, well, I think that the Italian and Spanish inheritance uh, have done, uh, of course, their job here. Okay. And people love to eat. It's part of all culture. You know, all these big tables for all the families sit down to eat on a Sunday lunch. Uh, Or we have this asado. Asado is our barbecue, where you know, where you hang with uh, friends or family and start the fire. Uh, You have some some barmu, some aperitivo. You you eat some charcuterie, some cheeses, and then the the steaks will will come to the table. Um, It's like a long ritual, you know, People here love to eat. Um, of course, uh, meat, uh, it's the, the main attraction right. here in Argentina. Yeah, we have this choripan, which is a, a sausage sandwich. We have milanesa, which is uh, like a schnitzel, you know. Okay. Uh, it's, it's also steak uh, with, like with bread. We can be both fried or made in the oven. Um, and then we have lots of, of Italian uh, culture into our food, you know, like pasta is popular here, mm. pizza is popular here, and also the Spanish part of it. 
like tapas, uh, sitting down to eat with a glass of wine, and all these small dishes, you know. Okay. Um, so we can, you can find a little bit of everything in Argentinian food, but yeah, meat is it's mainly what's going on, and I'm really happy about that. <laughs> yeah. I could never get tired of eating meat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've um yeah thinking about it, I knew meat and like barbecue and sort of you know grill stuff is really popular over there. Um, but it sounds like such a great yeah. culture melting pot. All these sort of cuisine, all the most famous cuisines in the world are coming together, right? So that's that's very very cool. So in in terms of um, yeah absolutely the bar and you know what you're thinking to do next. Obviously, you're coming to Singapore. Can I ask what you're doing in Singapore? You've got some events, right? Yeah, we are doing two pop ups there. Cool. We are doing uh, Employees Only Singapore mm. on the 16th. It's going to be along with Employees Only New York. So both bars like taking over EO Singapore. Uh, and then on the 18th, we're doing a Latin takeover on Native. Okay. So it's going to be yeah, Florida Atlantico, um, Alquimico, Limantour and ourselves all together in native. So, you know, always there's a Latin party, you know, it's it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm super excited and looking forward to seeing everyone there. I mean, I'm going to be around, definitely going to come to your bars as well. Can I just yeah, because man. I know a lot of people listening are all over the world, they're all going to be coming to Singapore, but um, maybe you can tell us about, are you bringing some of the cocktails over from Argentina? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, always do, we do a guest shift. We, we try to, to bring as much as possible with us, you know, because some of the, of the ingredients can only be found here in Argentina. So we cannot uh, source them in, in other parts of the world. So yeah, uh, we always travel, you know, uh, when we get to the airport, we look like a wrong fan because we have all these big suitcases with us, you know, and and sunglasses um <laughs> so yeah we are having three cocktails in each um guest shift uh some of the flavors um you can find are like white currants from from patagonia then we have like a piña colada with fernet you know fernet is huge here in argentina is it okay uh we, yeah uh, we're going to bring uh, our own sake as well for one of the cocktails we ferment our sake here in, in Tresmono, so we're going to bring that with us to to, Argentina, to sorry to Singapore. Uh, so yeah, lots of our drinks and our ingredients are going to be there for people to, to try. So it sounds like you're very experimental at the bar, and obviously having your own R&D probably helps with that. We've got a few more questions before you wrap up, and uh, thanks again for joining the show. Yeah, of course. Um, so... I'm also interested, so it was quite funny you said about you and your, your you know, Sebastian, the partner, right? Uh, both were brand ambassadors yeah. before. So hearing the story yeah. of two brand ambassadors becoming bar owners, that sort of, that sort of seems like a really cool uh, path that I think most people aspire to. Now, is there something else you guys are thinking in the future? Is there like another step forward from here? Um, yeah, obviously. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, we always try to think on, hey, what's next? Yeah. What should we do next? Um, actually, um, 
Tres Monos is not only a bar, it's also a school. Okay. It's Tres Monos Studio, it's our educational part of the business. We do uh, lessons and courses for, for people, for guests, um, so they can learn how to bartend, how to make classic drinks. And this year we are also opening a school in a like in a shanty town, a poor neighborhood in Buenos Aires. Uh, so people can learn for free to make drinks and hopefully build a career and find a job. So that's like in the close future what we're doing. Um, and then for next year we're building a project uh, of having a small distillery to make our own spirits. You know, we are going to start with a, a local Calvados uh, in a partnership with this uh, cider family. Amazing. Okay. Uh, yeah, they already have, of course, the apples and pears, so we're going to do like ODB from this mm -hmm. uh, to, to distill gin as well. And hopefully in the future, which is like my dream, is to have our own whiskey. Right. Um, the weather and everything in Patagonia is really similar to Scotland. Hmm. So we have all the the proper uh, atmosphere to to have like kind of uh, Scotch whiskey here in in South Argentina. So I'm really looking forward to that. And regarding our background, actually we um, were bartenders. For, for many, many years. Mm. And then we became brand ambassadors, you know, for a period of time. So like working for big companies as brand ambassador was kind of a oasis, like a gap yeah. in our careers. Um, I don't know, because uh, a couple of years ago was like a boom of brand ambassadors in, in small markets or developing markets like Argentina. Uh, and we did that. Uh, but we, we always knew we wanted to, to have a bar, like not working. We didn't want to build like a corporate career, you know. Um, uh, personally, I, I loved working for Monkey Shoulder, but I knew it was going to last just a couple of years. I didn't see myself working 15, 20 years for a big company, you know. Um, I, I always wanted to, to have a bar mm. since I started bartending and fell in love with this uh, career. I knew uh, someday I was going to have my bar. Uh, luckily enough, now I have two, uh, Tres Monos and La Watt, our sister bar. Cool. Uh, so I, I'm super excited to what's going to, to come for the brand uh, next year and the, in the future. Man, it sounds like you're living a dream. I mean, really, I'm, I'm so impressed. Hmm. And uh, to, to be making your own Calvados and potentially whiskey in the future, that's just amazing. It really is. And I think not only for you, but obviously for the region as well, right? Because I'm guessing there's not yeah, many yeah. spirits there right now. No, no. Uh, Argentina has a big problem uh, with everything that has to do with finance and economics, you know. Right. Like the exchange right here fluctuates all the time. Like at the beginning of the year, uh, one USD was equivalent to 250 local pesos. Uh, and now, 10 months after that, it's 850. Wow. So it, it lost nearly four times its value. And that happens all the time. You know, we have a problem with stocks. Uh, it's not easy to find some some labels here. 
lots of big brands don't see Argentina as a market. Mm. So we don't have, for example, we don't have any Calvados here. Uh, we have some local, some local beer or the beef from Patagonia, uh, and that's it. Um, in terms of whiskey, we have like uh, some of the big brands, and that's it. Some others don't even come to Argentina. Same with bourbon, same with uh, gin, you know. Um, when we get some international uh, guests to our bar, they can believe that we don't have some brands here, you know. Nice. Uh, but that's been the case since we started. So we know we have to focus on local. Um, and that's good for us because it makes us... Um, it forces us to be more creative, you know. You know you're going to lack from some ingredients, so you have to either uh, look around to make a drink without those um, those labels or to create something yourself to replace them, mm. you know. So I'm looking forward to having our, like, local small portfolio so people and say, hey, we can drink whiskey locally, you know, and it's great. We don't need to, to import um, whiskeys from other parts of the world, or the same with gin or Calvados. Uh, of course, um, Scotch whiskey is going to be Scotch whiskey. <laughs> uh, same with bourbon, and, and people love it. I drink whiskey all the time, and I love it. But I think that having local spirits as well is going to be good for the industry. Okay, fantastic. Man, we're going to wrap up and thank you so much again for joining. Uh, maybe one last question just to, to leave for the audience. Yeah, is, um, what are your sort of, uh, you know, maybe some final words of advice or suggestions for people who own bars and want to improve their hospitality and their service? Any final tips or mm -hmm. recommendations you have? Well, I think um, mainly is uh, try to be genuine, you know, try to feel comfortable on what you're doing. Um, we did that with the bar, you know, we work with black uh, t-shirts. Uh, the music is punk, punk rock. Um, you know, it's like a relaxed style of service, but always aiming to excellence. Um, drinks always have to be on point. People always need to have a glass of water on the table. Uh, they need to feel comfortable, you know, but I think everything is more difficult if you don't feel comfortable on what you're doing. Um, for example, we could never work um, in a place where we need to wear uh, a, a shirt and a tie and white gloves, you know, uh, because that's not what we do and we don't feel comfortable with that. I think that if you feel comfortable with what you're doing and you really think of your guest as your friend, as people coming to your home, uh, everything is going to be easier. You know, you're going to be um, more uh, after details. You're going to to check on everyone if they're having a good time. Uh, so I think that would be my advice. Just be genuine um, and, and just try to everyone that comes into your bar to, to feel as, as guests at your home and try them to have a great time at your place. 
Man, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in Singapore. And uh, safe travels coming over, okay? Yeah, of course. Tris, thank you so much for having me, uh, for having uh, Tres Monos with you today. And yeah, man, so looking forward to that. We're going to have fun. Thank you so much for listening to the show, guys. Uh, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, and all other major podcast providers. Your support helps my show grow, and I love you for listening. So thank you so much. If you want to be a part of it even more, please look at the show notes. You can find links to our Facebook group, The Beverage Network. You can also find links to my Patreon page where you can help the show grow even further with small donations. And you can also find my email where you can reach me anytime with any questions. You guys are amazing. I love this industry. Let's keep it growing. Thank you for listening to On The Bad Bar.